It's dinner time on the 13th of June, 2003. Inside the Mon restaurant at Bangsa Shopping Complex, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. The place was filled with activity. You could hear the sounds of clanging plates, sizzling pans, and the buzz of conversation filling the air. Weaving their way through the crowded tables, it's a sight to behold as the kitchen staff hurries back and forth, balancing trays of steaming food. But despite the place being packed with hungry customers, there were two empty seats at a large table tucked away at the corner of the restaurant. Noreen Natasha, one of the guests seated at the table, had a concerned look on her face. <sighs> Where is Kenny? I can't believe she's late for her own farewell dinner. I'm sure it's just traffic. Why don't you give her a call and see where she is? I did. I called her multiple times, but there's no answer. Let me call again. Twenty-eight-year-old Kenny Ong had organized tonight's dinner. She had invited all of her closest friends and family members to commemorate two occasions. The first was a farewell party for her return to the United States, and the second was her father's recovery from cancer. However, what would have been a joyous occasion turned out to be a terrible nightmare for everyone. That night, Kenny would vanish off the face of the earth, only to be found several days later in the worst way imaginable. listening to Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast brought to you by MediaCorp and produced by 1UP Media. This episode might contain scenes of violence and criminal activity. Listener discretion is advised. Kenny Ong was born on the 18th of July, 1974. She was raised in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, but moved to the US to pursue her education in Hawaii. After graduating with a degree in economics, she ventured to Los Angeles to seek employment opportunities. Her first job abroad would be an exciting yet challenging experience. But Kenny had an advantage. Her best friend Noreen Natasha was by her side and was a constant source of strength. Noreen was someone who truly understood her. She would provide Kenny with a boost of confidence whenever she needed one, and the bond shared between the two women was a deep and cherished one. Over the next few weeks, Kenny grit her teeth and eventually found a job as an IT analyst in San Diego, California. In fact, she had also been blessed with a stroke of luck. While living in the US, Noreen had introduced Kenny to Brandon Ong, an American man who would later become the love of her life. Kenny and Brandon were inseparable the moment they laid eyes on each other. And in 2001, they tied the knot in the States, prepared to spend a lifetime together. But two years later, in early 2003, Kenny's mother, Pearly Ong, rang her to deliver heartbreaking news. Hi, mummy. How's everything at home? Hello, dear. Are you at home? I need to speak with you for a moment. Mommy, is everything all right? Kenny replied, 
after noticing a shift in her mother's tone. Kenny, dear, I don't want you to worry. But we've just come back from the doctor's office. Your father... Your father has been diagnosed with cancer. This piece of news broke Kenny's heart, and she burst into tears after hanging up. Receiving the news was a shock, and it brought on overwhelming emotion for Kenny. Although it's difficult to say exactly what she felt, we surmise that it must have been a combination of fear, worry, and deep sadness. Kenny then combed the internet, frantically searching for more detail on her father's cancer. She would spend hours analysing every piece of information she came across. Overwhelmed with information, she immediately books a flight back to Malaysia in order to support her family and be by her father's side. According to her mother, Pearly Ong, Kenny had insisted that she return home to help care for her father. And when she arrived in Kuala Lumpur, she headed straight to the hospital to see him. It's unclear what type of cancer her father was diagnosed with, but no matter what it was, Kenny was determined for her father to beat it. Throughout numerous rounds of chemotherapy, radiation treatments, and endless hours spent in the hospital, she never lost hope. As the months went by, her father's health had gradually improved, and in June of 2003, following a successful operation, he was on the road to recovery. Kenny finally felt a sense of relief and satisfaction. Her father's illness had caused the family immense stress and concern. But now, she could see a light at the end of the tunnel. The entire family was overjoyed at the news, but for Kenny, it held a special significance. Throughout this difficult time, she had remained by her father's side, making sure that he received the best care possible. Now that he was recovering well, she felt like all her hard work and dedication had paid off. As the family left the hospital for what they hoped to be the final time, Kenny was immensely grateful for the doctors and medical staff who played a part. She was also proud of herself for being there for him and doing everything she could to help. Thrilled with the good news, Kenny told her mother, Mummy, let's throw a celebration for Papa. I'll book a place, call my friends, and we'll celebrate together. When are you returning back to the States? I'm sure Brandon misses you more than I do. Pearly replied, My flight is on the 14th. How about we arrange for the 13th of June, a day before I leave? We'll celebrate Papa's victory, and we'll make it a farewell party for me. Okay, it's settled then. I'll get Noreen to help me organize. Kenny was excited as she got dressed for the dinner party that evening. Her mother was already waiting for her, standing by the car doors as she looked at her watch. Kenny, dear, we're going to be late, Pearly said as she got into the vehicle. Seated at the front of the car, the two of them made their way to the restaurant. But at the same time, Kenny's best friend, Noreen, was calling her cell phone. I can't seem to reach her. She's not picking up. I think she might be driving, that's why. Noreen said as she tucked the phone back into her pocket. That evening, 
Pearlie looks at her watch again and tells Kenny that they're running late. When they arrive at the mall, they turn into the underground car park. Pearlie looks toward her daughter and says, Why is it so dim here? The dim and aged appearance of the car park might have reflected its poor maintenance. There's a gloomy and almost eerie atmosphere when you enter. The flickering yellow light fixtures cast long shadows and accentuate the spaces between cars. The floor has cracks and oil stains, and the walls are adorned with graffiti and peeling paint. Already running late, Kenny shrugs off her mother's remark and continues to weave through the narrow car park, scanning each side for a vacant spot. After a few minutes, Kenny sees an empty lot in the distance and quickly backs the car into the spot. As they step out of the vehicle, the air is filled with a strong scent of gasoline and exhaust fumes. The sound of their footsteps echoes in the area, mixed with the distant hum of car engines. As the pair hurries towards the lift lobby, Pearly notices that Kenny isn't with her. Mommy, I've left the parking ticket inside. I'm just going to grab it real quick. Kenny said from behind, before turning in the other direction. She took two steps forward and stopped, then turned around and headed back to the lift lobby. Pearlie said to her daughter as she walked back, I thought you said you're going to get the ticket. Oh, never mind. I'll go down and get it myself after dinner. Quick, let's go up. I can't wait to see them. And eat. I can't wait to eat. News of her father's road to recovery from cancer has brought her immense happiness. And the anticipation of reuniting with her husband Brandon has Kenny brimming with excitement. (laughs) At the dinner party, the long-awaited reunion with her closest friends makes Kenny want to make the most of her last night in Malaysia. After the meal, she notices that her mother looked tired. Mommy, how about I send you back home to rest first? I'll come back later to continue celebrating with them. She gestures to her best friend Noreen to come over. Noreen, just give me a moment. I'm going to send my mom back home and then I'll come back. We'll go and meet some of our other friends afterwards. After they bid their goodbyes, Kenny, her sister Elsie and her mother line up at the automated parking ticket machine. As they wait their turn, Kenny suddenly recalls that she had left the parking ticket inside the car. According to Pearly, Kenny tells her to wait there while she heads down to grab it. She remembers that before she even had a chance to say anything, Kenny had left. Although the distance to the car was not far, 20 minutes had passed and there was still no sign of Kenny. Elsie becomes increasingly anxious as she repeatedly tries calling Kenny's mobile phone, but to no avail. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message. Each time, the call goes straight to voicemail. At the tone, please record your message. Pearlie begins to panic as she realizes that something is clearly amiss. Without hesitation, they quickly make their way to the parking lot, heading straight to the spot where the car was last seen. When they arrive, Pearlie's worst fears are confirmed. Both her car and Kenny have disappeared without a trace. Pearlie and Elsie rush back to the restaurant 
panicking over Kenny's mysterious disappearance. Everyone begins to search for her, some looking around the mall, others trying to reach her on her phone. Your call has been forwarded to but with each call, message. the line continues to go straight to voicemail. At the tone, please record your message. They begin to imagine the worst-case scenarios, their minds racing with questions. Was she kidnapped? How can we find her? What if we never see her again? The minutes tick by and their worries only grow. Noreen makes one final attempt to reach her by calling her phone. However, this time, the call doesn't connect. The line was dead, indicating that Kenny's phone had been switched off. Desperate for answers and clues about her daughter's disappearance, they return back to the car park and Pearly turns her attention to the security cameras located throughout the parking lot. Approaching the security guards, Pearly informs them about her daughter's mysterious disappearance and makes a desperate plea for access to the security camera footage. However, the security guards informed her that she would have to wait till midnight. The reasons why remain a mystery till this day. We guess that the CCTV cameras were set up to record in 24-hour blocks, which would reset every midnight. This means that in order to view the previous footage, one would have to wait until the system had reset and stored the previous day's footage on its memory. The wait was agony, and every moment without answers felt like an eternity. But for Pearly, there was nothing she could do but wait, as she knew that the footage held the key to the answers of Kenny's mysterious disappearance. It was finally approaching midnight, and as the security guards played the footage, Pearly and Noreen got a devastating shock. On the screen, they see Pearly's proton tiara speeding through the parking lot and then crashing through the car park barrier. There is a barely visible figure at the driver's seat, a stranger, and beside him, a woman who appears to be cowering in fear. After watching the footage, they looked at each other with an expression of overwhelming dread and terror because they both knew that the woman was Kenny. Immediately, Pearly takes action and files a report with the police, informing them of her daughter's disappearance and potential kidnap. Later, Pearly, Noreen and Kenny's friends spend hours driving around Kuala Lumpur, searching for Kenny. But unfortunately, their efforts yield no results. Three days had passed with no leads or updates about Kenny's disappearance, leaving her family with a heavy heart and endless worry. At the time, the case drew massive attention from the media and the public, who were now also closely monitoring developments. It had also generated widespread interest and speculation, with many people hoping for a positive outcome. It's important to note that the first three days are critical when searching for a missing person as the likelihood of their safe return decreases with the passage of time, especially if they are vulnerable. In most cases, 
People who go missing are found within 24 hours, and it's rare for them to be missing for more than a day. It's also worth noting that for the majority of kidnapping or abduction cases, a ransom demand is typically made within the same day of the incident. However, the person responsible for Kenny Ong's abduction demanded nothing. Both the family and the police heard nothing from her captor. On the fourth day of the search, the situation took a dark turn. Investigators had found Pearlie's proton tiara abandoned at the side of a street. The condition of the car was evident that something sinister had taken place because one of the tyres had been punctured and blood was found on the back seat. Several hours later, more devastating news. In the vicinity of the abandoned vehicle, they found what seems to be the charred remains of a badly burnt body that's been buried inside a manhole. Immediately, the Royal Malaysian Forensics Unit was sent to the location. They were soon followed by a throng of journalists who converged on the crime scene. Everyone that was gathered there could clearly recall the overpowering scent of burnt rubber that filled the air. Photographs of the crime scene also clearly showed the charred body lying inside the manhole, with its hands tightly bound together by what seems to be a piece of cloth. It quickly became clear that whoever did this desperately wanted to make it impossible to identify the body. An autopsy was then performed at the University Hospital Mortuary, and at the same time, photos of the gruesome discovery started to circulate on major news networks throughout Malaysia. Pearlie's heart sank as she read the newspapers. Her worst nightmare was now a reality. By analysing DNA evidence and the burnt remains of the body's clothing and jewellery, the victim was identified as 28-year-old Kenny Ong. But it was the additional details from the autopsy that left everyone stunned. Coming up, it's a race against time as the police work tirelessly to find the culprit responsible for this heinous act. The tension builds as the investigation finally reveals the shocking truth behind the brutal murder of Kenny Ong. That's coming up in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast brought to you by MediaCorp and produced by 1UP Media. If you would like to share some feedback or suggest other cases that you would like us to cover, head on down to our website at asiantruecrimepodcast.com. This episode was researched, produced and written by Yeo Guangjin with audio engineering by Ethan Sam. Special thanks to executive producers Danny Cordy and Barry Toh from MediaCorp. We hope to see you again soon in the next episode of Heinous. <laughs>